Hello, this is Shansi Amaniyi, host of MPE's Homeschool Hints podcast to encourage you wherever you may be on your homeschool journey. So today's theme is preparing for the school year, which I'm sure a lot of us are doing. <laughs> we might be ranging um, from very excited to extremely nervous and overwhelmed. And I'm here with Angelina Stowell, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about how she prepares for the school year. Angelina, you want to tell us a little bit yes. about yourself? And yes, thank you. I started homeschooling unexpectedly. I, re- I really didn't plan on homeschooling as a mom. My children were in public school. My, my two daughters were in public school and they went to public school. Like my, my oldest daughter, Lily, she went through school all the way up until almost her senior year. And then her senior year, we had moved to Washington, D.C. Mm. And during that time, they were going to do virtual. And this was during the time of COVID as well. So mm. it was it was weirdness. And in in the community there, they were still doing virtual. And so we decided, okay, so the older two girls would do virtual school and the younger two that we have would be doing just homeschool anyways. But we ended up pulling the older girls because the, <laughs> yeah, because the homeschool, or sorry, the virtual schooling was just not working out. And it wasn't a very effective planning. It was widely known to be kind of not doing well. My oldest daughter, who I had never homeschooled, I started homeschooling her her senior year, and I hesitate to even say it was homeschooling because, I mean, she's basically, mm-hmm. you know, just reading literature <laughs> and, and and she doesn't need much of, you know, instruction. So she had a piece of cake for her homeschool <laughs> time. I do, however, wish that I had homeschooled her at some point. If I could go back and redo it, I think I would have redone that just to have that connection. She always did well. She always thrived and did and coped very well (laughs) through public school. And my second daughter, who's now a senior, I started homeschooling her whenever she was in sixth grade. Mm. And that's whenever our homeschool journey began. And I've been homeschooling for seven years now, homeschooling the younger two. Yeah. (laughs) The younger two are seven years old, about she'll be turning eight in September. She's going into second grade, and then my son, who's 11, and he's going into the sixth grade. With my second to oldest daughter, our homeschool journey started with her. She had complications and public school, just with, uh, you know, some of your nightmare situations like bullying Mm -hmm. and really personal story things, you know, that we don't have to touch on at the moment. Um, But it was just the best decision. And at the time, I reflect on it now, and I think back about how amazing and I've reflected on honestly so much honestly (laughs) not just at this moment (laughs) but is seeing how God just prepared our home and our hearts to be able to homeschool her and do what is best for her and it's just incredible because all of my friends at the time and continue to be my friends but they were all homeschooled and it was just one of those things that I acknowledged was like I respected them for and it was magnificent that they did it but I never believed myself to be fit to be able to do it Mm. so I completely understand whenever I have a mom or a friend or somebody that I cross paths with that is like I just don't think I could do that even though I shared in that very moment at one point in my life I will tell women Oh, no, no, no. I know you can. I know you I know you can. I guess that's where my confidence comes from is because I know I've been on the other side of that fence thinking, yeah, because you're thinking on a, in a public way. You're thinking in this worldly view that you have to be able to provide for them 
what the public school system needs to provide for them. It has to look like this by-the-book type situation. And there are good things there, and there are, there are things that are just untrue. The lie, though, is that believing that you can't mm-hmm. because you completely can. It's hard for me to imagine not being able to homeschool them or to have not done it. It just seems like that was never a thought, mm. although I know it was a reality at some point, you know, <laughs> and my right. my personal conflictions and those things. And we did. We, My husband and I, we came to the agreement that we would homeschool through a lot of prayer. We were sitting in church, and it was during worship, and we had prayed so much. And it was just whenever you have those moments before the Lord where you it's very, very heavy mm-hmm. on you. You know, you can feel his presence. It's not a scary thing. It's this wonderful just conviction mm-hmm. that you're like, okay, this is where I surrender. Leading up to those moments, I was constantly researching and, and finding resources, asking friends, going over to friends' homes and saying, hey, just show me how you do school. Like, what does this look like? You know, right. I remember one time we, before we actually jumped full-fledged into it, I was given the idea to do like, one of those lap books about the Revolutionary War. Well, that's what we had landed on because it sounded really cool. And it was during like, I think it was during fall break. And we did that. It was fantastic. Of course, it went really well because it was fun. And it's something that like just planning school and doing school things and being involved in this is something that I find a lot of joy in. And it was something that I always found joy in. I I would see those details and just other areas of my life whenever I would be involved with my kids. Meaning, I think that there's points there to a relationship, a mom's relationship with her children that she doesn't realize that Mm -hmm. she is this teacher and that she's giving them these skills. Right. Although she might be sending them to public school Mm -hmm. at the time, Mm -hmm. she's still the main teacher of them. Did you have any overall tips for organizing and planning the school year that you learned, you know, either from your friends or along Mm -hmm. the way across your seven years? Yeah, absolutely. I want God to get all the glory Mm -hmm. all the time. I would always say pray first, ask for his guidance and his discernment and for him to give you wisdom and patience and a kind heart and grace for yourself as you dive into planning. I don't care if you're a seasoned homeschooler or if like you're completely brand new at this. Just give God all the glory that you get to do what you get to do. <laughs> Before you begin, like I I like to clean out and organize our classroom. So declutter get rid of old school supplies, clean out your stuff. So (laughs) clean it out, get yourself like organized so you feel better about that. And it feels so good whenever you can clean your space out, Uh, clean your car out. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Yes, it is. We clean our cars out before we go on, like before we hit the road or go on a road trip. And mine is always, I don't know what happened. (laughs) I don't know how it gets to be the way that it does. How do you get like, you know, a fry to be that hard? (laughs) How do you get, how do you get things in your car like that? And then return your library books, all those overdue library books, return those. (laughs) Also do and meal plan. Mm. I would, like, you don't have to do it immediately, but I do believe meal planning and simple meals for your school year, just to kind of come up with something that's simple and budget-friendly for yourself. Tacos, you know, (laughs) at least once a week. (laughs) Maybe twice. (laughs) You just get to know your kids, Mm -hmm. and you spend some quality time with them in in an intentional way, like take notes on the things that they like. What grade will they be in? What are the 
key benchmarks of that grade and what are you going to be working towards. Ask your children questions like what do they like? What do they want to learn about? You're discovering their character and then you can build off of that because that will help you to be able to decide on maybe a curriculum whether you go full on you know classical conversations or you unschool and you're just a hot wonderful mess (laughs) which is probably where I sit at (laughs) but we're learning (laughs) and that you just um, that you research and that you reach out to other homeschool families and so yes research curriculum and I think it really depends on what kind of learner your child is or how they like to learn. Right, because if your child is a very multi-sensory learner versus the textbook uh, visual Mm -hmm. learner, then obviously the curriculum that you can choose would differ. Yeah, absolutely. So we have, and we have a multi-family like Mm -hmm. age going on here. Mm -hmm. So with our oldest daughter, she sort of does her own thing. A lot of her stuff is literature based. It's heavy literature based. This year it's totally different because she's a senior. So it's like, she's kind of like an adult and we're (laughs) just about to kick her out of the nest, right? right. So it's like, okay, read Pride and Prejudice. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) But so she, I mean, she has very solid plans. We're Mm -hmm. very excited for her. But it it does get a little bit like, you're like, you feel pretty good about the progress that you've made, you know, (laughs) when you get up to that point. But the younger ones, my youngest one, she's still learning to read, but she's very involved in the process that I do with her brother, almost sixth grader. So a lot of that is we're teaching the same subject, you know, Mm -hmm. we're learning from the same books, but she has her own stuff and he has his own stuff. So, and then we pull from all different kinds of things. I guess my style, as far as my style of like homeschooling would be a holistic approach to it. It's Mm -hmm. just, I want it to be a home lifestyle like it's a culture that we have is that we want to love on the child and do what's best for them and be encouraged and inspired Mm -hmm. by whatever curriculum you're using right and pulling that into it I would say after you get your curriculum which is so fun whenever you do finally decide what you're going to do I love that part and then organizing it all it's just very satisfying (laughs) and then you're seeing it you know you're touching it and all that whenever I do get our curriculum, which is such a happy day. I'm watching that tracking so <laughs> close, like with all of it, because I just like it. And I love books too. Mm-hmm. Like every woman in homeschool, mm-hmm. I think does. Is we have a infinite love for uh, hardback books and, you know, mm-hmm. an actual book. But I take like all of the stuff and I, I take all the curriculum out of the box and I organize it by subject matter. So laying it all out just to keep it concise and, and less like wordy is I use a file system. You can get files that are portable. You know, they have several spaces in them and then they'll use, they have like the wire inside of them. I've found mine at like Target, plastic ones that have a lid that go over them, stuff like that. Just things that you, and even handles on the side. So they're not huge, but it's basically a document file folder thing. And then inside of it, you put the bracket, like the the hanging files. Right. So I have the hanging files in there. And then in each hanging file, I put five days, Monday through Friday, labeled in there, day one, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you put everything in there. In addition to that, at times I have even made myself or my my child like a plan for the day. So like their agenda sheet, maybe it would have a space there for scripture. And it's just something I've done like in like on a Word document. And you can do that yourself. Don't spend too much time ever trying to go and find one that you can download. You can just type this up simply. You don't even have to type it. You can write it on a piece of notebook paper or a piece of paper. Don't overcomplicate it. I've already done that for you <laughs> in spades. <laughs> 
unless you enjoy it and then you can completely make yourself a document. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then it's great. But it has everything there and then it's it's specific to the child. So if you have a child that is an independent who can do independent work, they're at a reading level, they can do all of that themselves. And then like checkbox method seems to work really well for them too. I do find it to be a good way to keep track and record keep as well for mm. each day that you're doing. There's many options and by no means am I saying you you should do this. Yeah. <laughs> no, you should do whatever your heart desires, honestly. <laughs> and you'll figure it out pretty quickly because us women, we like things like mm -hmm. a certain way. <laughs> we really are, you know, we might like that spiral bound book more than anything else. I right. know I do. I like the way it folds over. And then whenever they finish like a subject, like they might just put it right back into that filing system and it's great. It could mm. stay there all year if you wanted it to or whenever it comes time to like break that down because you can keep using that box every year you can use that box to organize your curriculum in for the coming year now to store it for your record keeping I take it and I put it in a three ring binder so I keep everything all together and I have several of these for the kids throughout the last seven years and I've been cleaning out our basement and preparing for the year so I I have it all. And especially whenever, you know, you're, you start to think back on like, oh, gosh, have we done things, you know, and all this stuff. Like you're thinking about all the times that you've been so busy. But when do you go back and you see everything your kids have done? It's so rewarding. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to have it. It's not a fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you can organize your curriculum like that. And I put the books on the shelves and, you know, I do them in order. Like I have a science shelf and those types of things. I love resource materials. So I... It's not necessary to ever buy books. You can find books at the library that you can use, and they don't have to be the same ones that are in the back of the book of, like, you know, your resource, because chances are somebody else has already checked it out, you know, <laughs> and you're on a wait list that's, like, five deep. So just find something else. And then branch out from the youth area over into the and the more mature adult sections of your libraries, you know, go into the science area. Mm. That is going to be something that even if your children can't read it, they can look at those amazing pictures. Our library is in Lenexa, and mm -hmm. um, that's it's new to us because we haven't lived in that area very long. But I love the library. They have such a wonderful selection of science books that, yeah, if you ever need one, I have it checked <laughs> out, okay? So you just come talk to me, and I'll just return it. <laughs> but... <laughs> Okay, so then if we talk about planners, I've used Happy Planner. I've used my own planner where I made my own sheets and did that. Binding was always the thing for me. And I know it sounds kind of like maybe that's like a unusual thing to get caught up on. And I can't think of the word. It's silly, honestly. <laughs> but, but it does matter, yeah. you know, because pages will fall out or things get dog-eared. And if you have a trigger that will do it <laughs> so long story short is I found one called the homeschool planner and I've been using it for the last four years it's by the peaceful press with paper peony press so you can remember it by the peaceful press and you can find it on Amazon it's got a black cover it's solid it's thick it's got a gold <laughs> gold ring binder on it oh. so the pages stay together mm -hmm. I love it I sort of add memories to it mm. as I go so the things that we experience like this one from this year I have pictures in it from like when we were living in DC the kids and it's got something for everyone and I like the way it is laid out mm. So you have your goals for the year, you know, each it's set up monthly, it's undated, you could get it. And if you didn't use it, you could use it next year. Because it's, it's been 
the same book every year I've used for the last, I, th I think it's four years that I'm on now. Wow. And it's got the month, the month set out, two-page month. Then you have your, your student schedule, a monthly student schedule for up to four kids. And then you have your weeks where you can lay out your weeks. And so the at a glance, you have a meal plan on there too. And then you have <laughs> like... of everything. Yeah, they did. She did think of everything. And then the at a glance area, I love, that's how I record keep with the at a glance stuff is so each of those days I write it out. And maybe that's too much because mm -hmm. technically you. you could use just your curriculums, your curriculum's lesson plan mm -hmm. as your record keeping like, hey, we're going to do this. But I like to be a little bit more personal with it yeah. and keep it unique to what we're doing. But it also helps me to keep track of everything we're doing. And then I can look ahead and be like, oh, OK, so we didn't do something like mm -hmm. we thought we were going to do, <laughs> which happens a lot <laughs> and then just shift it and move it it's got a spot in the back for attendance field trip planner a reading log and a book wish list mm -hmm. so it really has thought of everything i really like it and it's as you can see has withstood a good <laughs> <Yes>. year <laughs> trying not to fill up your calendar mm -hmm. sometimes we feel like maybe we're not doing enough right or we, yes. or we see a need in a child and we want to get them involved in something and those things are not to be ignored. You you absolutely should. But even if you do one thing for one child, you don't have to do it for all 10 of the others, <laughs> or however many you have. Right. Like, it's okay. You build off of what's good for everybody and have the flexibility to change with that. But I think the point being there is just like, give yourself room for flexibility. Yeah. So just making time for like those, those blank days in your calendar. Don't over plan yourself and give yourself grace and your children, Grace, mm -hmm. as well. There's also another, oh, here it is, straight in front of my face. <laughs> Plan Your Year, that's a homeschool planning for purpose and peace oh, wow. by Pam Barnhill, which, at, you know what, I just made a connection. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. But this is the same podcast recommendation I was going to, I wanted to give people because I want it, I like having a resource mm -hmm. and sort of like an example. We hear, you know, when we're listening to a podcast, it's like, it is a data dump. It's a lot of stuff. It's right. a rambling. It's fantastic. I love it. Like, I love being able to have a conversation and talk. Yes. But it can be overwhelming because a lot of times, <laughs> personally, I'm looking for what's what was that resource? Well, was like I want yep. to, I want to connect in that way where I can listen to somebody speak and and those. But then I also need something that's like tangible so I can know how what I need to fix, right? <laughs> or how, right. What, what's on the path? What's that tool I need? Uh -huh. So, but with Pam Barnhill, she actually has a. She has lots of podcasts, but she also had this book. This is the first time I ever came across her. It was maybe a couple of years ago. And this one is a, it's essentially, it's a book. It goes over everything on how you can plan your school year. It's a good tool to have, especially if you're new to homeschool planning in general. She has a podcast too. She has like three different podcasts. Okay. So, but, <laughs> but the one that I think it's like 10 minutes to a better homeschool and she talks to real homeschool moms about how they plan their school year. Again, her name is like Pam Barnhill. And then there's, I came across an, another Instagram account too. Um, and there's lots of wonderful women on Instagram and other moms that have tips. And I, I mean, hashtag that stuff. <laughs> hashtag homeschool planning. Like find out what comes up. Mm -hmm. You know, just the inspiration. Oh gosh, Pinterest, but which can be completely overwhelming. For some reason, I really appreciate Instagram 
for searching, like hashtag searching, I find it to be a little bit more precise in what I'm looking mm-hmm. for. And perhaps it's because you can start to get an eye for what it is that a post is going to have, right? right? Whereas if you're doing Pinterest, it's going to link you to like a lengthy blog, which is great if right. you've already narrowed it down. Right. That's a whole other thing too, is like even having a resource page of resources that are blog posts that's overwhelming to me <laughs> time consuming i like them whenever i'm trying to fall asleep <laughs> but the or but the instagram account that i was t- that i mentioned is organized.homeschool.mom and she seemed to have some good snapshots of things like that that could be pretty encouraging too planning does not need to be type a listen i'm not type a at all i'm type all over the place <laughs> I have an idea, I have a vision, and it's going to change a million times, and then I'm going to get bored with it, <laughs> put it down, forget it, pile it up, but I'll get to it. <laughs> that's, I think that's why I'm always like, flexibility <laughs> and spontaneity. <laughs> I love how whenever you talk about something like homeschool organizing, you can have the people who love homeschool organizing and the people who hate homeschool organizing, yeah. and we can all get in the same room and learn from one another Absolutely. because what works for one person may not work for another. It's and- like a light bulb moment too, right? Yeah. Yeah, because then you're like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Or I could completely simplify it that way. We get an idea of what it's supposed to look like for success for us, right? Right. And then we need to scrap that and make it as simple as possible. So we're, you know. And then it's different for each kid as well. I've got three students, each different grade levels. They each are going to need a way to know what they're going to do for the day, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to be something that I start to look at in these coming weeks is what is our rhythm for the year going to look like? Typically it is I have set aside time with Lola, the older, and said, okay, what do you want your school year to look like? What are we working on? What's your curriculum look like? Those things. And then planning out her school year. Her school year this year is, again, it's very minimal. She'll be doing um, community college courses. So it got a lot easier as far as that goes. It's not a (laughs) difficult thing anyways, I think, whenever your kids are in high school, though. Right. You know, it's not as hands-on, I think, as, as it is with the younger ones. And then with my sixth grader, he's at an ability now where I think he really appreciates checklists. He is a type A. I love it. And I think he would benefit from having his own agenda. Like he needs everything written out, right? right. He, he's not a kid who enjoys writing. He hates writing. Um, he's, and I'm okay with that. Yes. Like it was one of those things for so long, you know, you're thinking, oh, my kid has to write. They have to be good at creative writing and stuff. And the thing is, is they are but you will feel like you're pulling teeth to get them to mm. do something that is it really worth it right to break them down to that moment <laughs> so they tell you about you know yes. all this you know what i did uh, yeah this Walt whitman moment about a snail and all this right no it's, gonna, <laughs> it's not worth it i mean you can get to a point that's very conducive to your child's character mm. and it doesn't cause tears <laughs> you know and finding joy in that or even even having something that they can work towards mm-hmm. and not it being something that's overwhelming to them because I believe he's just totally overwhelmed by it, not mm-hmm. just because he doesn't like it, but just because it must be difficult, you know, sure. to do it. For him, I'm thinking I will go back to the method I used with Lola when she was younger, which is I have a printable sheet that I use mm-hmm. and then I can, I most likely will type everything in, but I'll also have some that are blank because I know that I'm not <laughs> going to consistently be able to keep it day by day, which is fine. In regular schools, you know, or any private school anywhere, the teacher is not staying 
to book with every single thing. That is a regimen nobody can do. <laughs> so we need to allow ourselves to have a blank sheet of paper, basically, <laughs> for those days that just don't go according to plan. And then for Lucy, for the seven-year-old, she doesn't need a checklist, you know, so hers is going to be pretty simple. We also use baskets, mm. so I keep all of their books in, and I say a basket because a basket is what you could totally use, but it's really one of those, like, metal bins that Target has had, mm -hmm. and I absolutely love them. They're the perfect size. They have handles on them. It's a pillow fort thing. They came in all these cool colors. They're just so neat. It's those things that, like, you use on a daily basis that mm -hmm. you don't think anybody else is going to care about right. until you're talking about it. You're like, oh, they have no idea. They need to know because this is really cool. <laughs> this yeah. is a game changer. It is a cool thing. Yeah. It's like the, when the cart came out, yeah. I got, like, four of them. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the, yeah. the little, the, like, Ikea cart and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are fantastic as well. If you have, like, a small, a small classroom space or you're – teaching out of your dining room. I have such fond memories of teaching out of the dining room because I literally did that up until just this year. For six years, we were a mobile schoolroom because I know all you want is bookshelves. That's all you want. You're just like, <laughs> I just want some bookshelves, maybe a chalkboard. That'd be nice, <laughs> you know? I had to like really wear down my husband to get the chalkboard for so long. As long as I could get a really big one and then use, there's chalk, like there's Japanese chalk that you can get that doesn't okay. get dust everywhere. Oh. And that's another thing I need to put on my Amazon list. <laughs> it doesn't get the dust everywhere like crazy, like your cheaper chalk dust. Mm -hmm. It's really fantastic. <laughs> it's more it. expensive, but it's so good. <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, there's like funny stories about that online too where people have like bought out the like – the just Japanese bought it, yeah, I bought it out because they just oh. it, it like professors because it works really well. Um, anyhow, so I completely went on a tangent. No, there. that's awesome. <laughs> These are the things that people will never get anywhere else. So they need to they need to hear Japanese chalk and pillow fort ten boxes. But I so I use those on their desks, and the desks that we have I like too is just a table from IKEA because we don't have a huge space. It's like it's a small room that's probably supposed to be like your sitting room mm. you know I don't know that anybody has a sitting room that's under the age of 75 right now <laughs> I mean I have aspirations of it being a sitting room one day which sounds amazing it sounds so serene but anyhow so it's a small table that I have in there that it's a white Ikea table that folds down on both sides and in the middle part is some drawers and it's great so there's three drawers on each side but it right now it's even folded up and pushed against the wall so we can make space in there when the kids are wanting to play games or have a party or have friends over that space can get used more those tables are awesome too if you have a tiny space and you need a little table it could seat four but it would be tight mm -hmm. for two children it's fantastic mm -hmm. it's also a good method I think if you were able to use wall space and you needed more than one table you could easily put those touching each other they'd be fantastic and then they fold down and you can push them aside <laughs> and have your dance <laughs> but yeah Thanks so much for listening. We hope you are encouraged in your homeschool journey. Please continue the conversation with us on our website, midwesthomeschoolers.org, or email us at podcast at midwestparenteducators.org. We're also active on social media if you'd like to connect with us there. Thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for providing this royalty-free song, Wholesome, which is licensed under creativecommons.org. <laughs>